welcome back to episode four of Love on the Line. We're so excited to be with you guys. It's Phoebe. And it's Tam. We are keen to be in your ears this week about toxic friends and the ugly side of friendship. We're so excited to be finally at episode three of this mini series. We've done the good, we've done the bad. And we're finally in the ugly. A lot of people are a bit scared for this episode, Tammy. I am a bit scared for this episode. I'm a bit nervous I'm going to reveal all of my toxic traits. What is your toxic trait? Like, if you had to think about your red flag in friendships, what's yours? I actually don't have any red flags. I'm quite perfect. Tam is the perfect friend, guys. I don't know what you're all doing and why you're not like her. We should all be like her. Just kidding. I definitely have a couple, but I would say the most recent one. Actually, I have two. I just thought of another one. Okay, one, I am literally the worst replier in the world. Like, not just on text messages, but on TikTok. I opened it the other day and, like, I'll be sending out TikToks. I have 250 that I have not watched from people. Baby can confirm that Tam is the worst at replying. I'll be texting her. I had a little mini crisis. I'm not going to say what it was because it was embarrassing. I had a mini crisis the other night. Sent her about seven texts. Do I get a reply? Nope. Luckily, I solved it myself. But what if I was in a crisis? Where would Tam be? I'm just trying to help you be independent here. That's the real goal. But the other red flag that I just thought of is that I suck at paying people back. Like, people have to message me all the time to be like, Tam, like, hey, can you transfer? And it's not that I don't have the money. It's just I'm, I forget. Like, I literally have, like, dementia when it comes to owing people money. Can confirm. Tam racked up about three bills from me the other week. <laughs> she owed me a hefty amount. But, um, yeah, and I remember, like, you always would be like, oh, I actually don't have your payment details. And I was like, funny that. Genuinely, last week was the first time I ever put in your payment details because I never pay you. But I owed Phoebe, like, $100. And she goes, yeah, for the cocktail. I was like, what's the cocktail? $50. I'm never drinking again. And she was like, no, you just owe me a lot of money. I know. Thank goodness we're um, at a good stage in friendship where that's okay. And we're both very, um, I don't know, we're very giving people, especially with each other. So it's okay. She's paid me back, guys, I think. Don't worry. Um, Okay. I'm trying to think about my red flags. And this is a big it is a big toxic trait of friendships and Tam has unfortunately experienced this a lot, but oh, I don't want to admit it. I am such a fiend for starting a series with a friend and then finishing it by myself. Poor form. We literally started watching the Pam and Tommy show and also that girl in the window from the door across the hall or whatever it is. And we watched so many episodes together. And then she was like, um, I actually finished it. It was really good. Yeah, not the best move from here, but the show is just so good. And also I've got, I'm sitting at home. I don't want to watch Friends or Gilmore Girls for the 70,000th time. What else am I going to watch? And I'm into this show. Red flag, babes. Red flag. (laughs) Okay. So speaking of red flags and our toxic traits, we, the ugliness of friendship, we really want to center around toxic friends, bad friendships, what some kind of warning signs in this, boundaries. Um, and hopefully this is can kind of give some advice, give some insight, but also, um, again, making sure that we're being good friendships and also investing in good friendships in our lives. Before we hop into the episode, we really wanted to chat about what is happening in the world. We know that this episode will be coming out a week later, but currently the world is super, super messy. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of really hard and confronting stuff going on at the moment, especially obviously with Russia and Ukraine. Like my, I have an eight-year-old sister and she came home from school the other day and was talking to me about it. And I was like, the fact that these kids are growing up with seeing such horrific stuff and obviously now, like it's not a world war yet, but in the world wars we've had, there wasn't social media. And so now it's all over our social media. We're seeing it constantly. It's constantly in our faces. So we don't want to delve too much into it. The world's already sucky enough as it is, but we just really wanted to address that we're praying. Um, And if anybody is affected by it, whether you know people there, like you're personally affected or just seeing it really sucks, like please just know that, yes, the world is crappy. Yes, there's horrible stuff going on, but... God really is still here. It's so hard to see it and it's so hard to sometimes keep believing it. And Tam and I are constantly 
wrestling with that, but he is there and um, prayer is the most powerful thing in the world. Yeah, we feel like it's just one thing after the other. We have COVID and then we have all of these global conflicts. But yeah, social media is crazy. I feel like I'm not trying to make light of it, but I feel like I'm watching a world war about to unfold on TikTok. And that's crazy to me. And it's scary that it's in everyone's faces. But yeah, all we can do is pray for peace and for wisdom for world leaders. But also, it has been raining so, so much. And there is really awful floods in Queensland and people are losing their homes in a matter of hours. And the rain's coming down to Sydney. So we are just praying that it all stops and that God's hand is over all the families affected um, and everything that's yet to come. And there will also be posts on our social media of links that you can donate to families affected. And we will definitely be doing our part as well. A hundred percent. It is so important to have everyone's backs in this. I think this just reverts back to something Tam and I try to practice, but also teach a lot is that kindness and love is the root of everything and right now we all just need to support everybody and be there for everybody whilst we love sharing our lives and chatting about these topics with you guys we want to make it super clear that we're not experts or your personal psychologist and anything we discuss is purely our experiences and are not claimed to be absolute fact but rather our opinion we're super passionate about bringing light into these conversations as we believe in the power of vulnerability Alrighty, babe, should we jump into our episode? Did you want to let them know the topics that we are going to be covering today in the last part of our mini series? I would love to. In this topic of toxic friendships, we're going to be talking about toxic friends, toxic people, and how to identify those friends in our lives, but also in future friendships um, when you're seeking out friends. Um, we're going to dive into some confessions again. I actually don't know these ones yet, so I'm a bit excited. We're going to see how that goes. We're going to talk about boundaries and friendships uh, and what to do when people cross them. And then we're also going to talk about conflict and resolution and the F word, forgiveness. The hardest F word ever. I hate the F word. <laughs> it is pretty hard, but there's some incredible strategies and so many benefits to it but it also is super hard so we're going to be diving into that as well. Beeps, have you ever had any toxic friends or people or experiences? Unfortunately probably too many I think is because there's um there's toxic friends where it's just like they're the entire friendship is toxic um it's just a horrible time like it's just not even fruitful at all but then there's also times where it's like I've just had normal friends and like general friends but they've done toxic things so there's stuff like they don't get happy for you like when you succeed or they constantly play the victim so like if they hurt you they'll act like they're more hurt than you because it's just like but it's like, you hurt me. Like, I don't understand. Um, there's also the people that like out your secrets to other people to try and make themselves look better or even like out your insecurities. Like, I remember there was a time where I was really struggling with food and with eating. And then we were in a big group and someone was like, um, oh, wow, like Phoebe, you're actually eating. Like, you never eat. And I was like, that is not on. Oh, my goodness. That's awful. I can't believe people did that. There is a list, not that I've concocted, but I found it, um, and I'm just going to quickly read it. And if any of these apply to anyone you know, it's a little bit toxic and that needs to be addressed. The whole list doesn't need to be ticked off or crossed. Just one of them is enough for you to do something about it. So 15 signs of a toxic friendship. One, they disrespect you. They are full of drama full of negativity, jealousy towards your success. They want to change you. They have the blame game mentality. They're selfish. They have a lot of neediness, a lack of respect for your personal boundaries. They're judgmental, controlling, jealous of you being with other friends. There's an unhealthy competition in your friendship, unhealthy emotional attachments towards you and attention maniacs. Now, if someone in your life sounds like one of them, this episode's for you. Exactly. Oh my goodness. That list, I'm just like, it's scary how like people just come to mind. Like it's so sad like that we've had these friendships, obviously, but at, at the same time, it's like no one's perfect. Like I am probably represented as one of those things in other people's lives. Do you know what I mean? That's what I was just thinking. 
some of the people pop up when I read this list, but I'm like, oh, I've been at least one of those things at some point to someone. Sometimes I'm a ball of negativity and I already know I'm so needy. So yeah, we are those toxic people for some other friends as well. I know. That's such a hard thing to like realize because me and you were so, like as we said before, like we love friendships and we love having good friends. We love being trying to be good friends. But there's so many times where we've gotten it wrong. Like do you think that you have ever done any of those things to someone else? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think for a long time, I was quite jealous of people being friends with other people. Anna sent me a DM the other day and it was like, I love you so much, but you can only love me or something like something along those lines. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like funny. Ha ha ha. But I'm also like that. Like when Phoebe hangs out with other people, I'm like, oh, like, don't replace me or my friend Kate from uni. I haven't been in uni this week because I got COVID again um anyway that's a trauma in itself but I messaged her and I was like don't make any of the uni best friends and she was like of course I won't so I think that that's something I'm probably still working through it's not like as deep-rooted it's more just a don't leave me what about you I think mine's probably the same like I get really and that's all again from a place of insecurity like deep-rooted but um yeah I was the same like I just get really like I feel very excluded very easily and I hate that and it's something I'm trying to work on like just like being alone and being by myself and being okay with that but also being okay with the fact that like my friends do have other friends and like that's okay like I think in a general sense I'm all right with it but there's a couple people where I'm like oh this sucks seeing them hang out without me but again like it's normal like I don't hang out with you every day like I hang out with some other friends and vice versa so but I think we're working on it we're getting there yeah I think we have good kind of boundaries in place and one of the other ones that actually ties perfectly into our first confession for the week is a lack of respect for your personal boundaries So, Mr. Confession this week, could you give us our first one, please? One of my friends continues to cross all my boundaries despite making it abundantly clear what I need. For example, I leave my phone outside my room every night around 9, 9.30, but on numerous occasions she'll call me over 10 times to tell me about some petty drama in her life. Or another example is I have made it clear that I do not enjoy physical touch from past trauma, yet she refuses to see that and will cross that boundary I have because she feels she needs attention. We're super close and have been friends for years, but I feel like she can't understand my boundaries. Those are just some of them she's crossed and needs all of her needs met over mine. Oh my goodness, that is just... Oh, there's just so many points. I can't even... I don't even know which one. I think the physical touch boundary is something that stuck out to me that's just awful I do understand where the other friend is coming from and I'm not saying what she's doing is right because yeah I love physical touch but Phoebe's is slowly getting there so I understand like wanting to like be touchy and like I'm super touchy but if Phoebe tells me do not touch me and then I proceed to cross that line that's just not on That's the thing is that, so I am very similar to this person who sent the confession in. I struggle a lot with physical touch just from life experience. But um, Tam, you're very, like you're trying to help me in a way and you do it in a very obviously consensual way and a very, sounds like what is Tam doing to help you? Um, It's just with hugging. I think we need to address. um, Yes, I'd like to... I'd like to address that when Phoebe's and I first, like, in the early stage of our friendship, I'm such a hugger. Like, I will not shake your hand or just give you a little wave when I first see you. Like, I'm a bear hug kind of gal. And so Phoebe hates hugs. So early on in our friendship, I'd be like, okay, 10 seconds. Just give me a 10-second hug. I think our record is, like, 23 seconds. That's a long-ass hug. 23? Oh, I thought it was 16. Wow, go me. Honestly, killing it. There's this video, actually. I'm... I'm going to put it on our Instagram of Tam wrapping her arms around me and not getting off. And it's just the other night, like she was just like, but it's, it is hard. Like it was, we talk about love languages and like how you love other people and how you receive love. Like, I think this friend, like obviously really receives love from, um, physical touch, but you've got to respect those boundaries when physical touch is such a big thing for people. Um, whereas if like, she was an acts of service gal and she got her friend a coffee, but her friend was like, oh, I don't like 
receiving gifts. It's a very, it's a, still a boundary, but it's a bit different. Yeah, we posted on our social media a couple of weeks ago on finding out what your friend's love languages is. So maybe that's a good encouragement for you guys. Actually, just message your friends and ask them what their love language is so that you know that you don't cross that boundary by asking them that they're allowed to set their own boundaries, which is amazing because then you don't end up in this situation where you're the toxic friend because maybe you don't know. But I do think that this girl knows that she's crossing a boundary. If you tell me your phone is outside of your room, I can wait till the morning to call you and tell you about it, unless it's urgent, of course, but it doesn't seem like it's urgent and she's literally impeding on her sleep time. Exactly. Like my phone, like I'm an early sleeper. I'm in bed by nine o'clock at the latest and asleep by 9.30 like most nights. So my phone's on do not disturb the whole time, but I have the setting where if someone rings me twice, it'll come through because obviously if my friends need me, I'm going to be there. But even my friend Luke says all the time, like if he texts me anytime after nine, he's like, are you still awake? (laughs) Because I'm just always asleep. So yeah, it does sound like it is crossing it if it's happening consistently enough for this person to say it. What about some other boundaries? Do you have any other boundaries in your life that you feel like you've actually set with friends or that they've crossed? Um, so in kind of my old friendship group, like a couple of years ago, we used to all have each other on Find My Friends, which is like, it's very different from like Snapchat maps because like Find My Friends is constantly updated. Like you don't need to be going on it or be active for your location to update. Um, so we used to all have each other on it and um, it actually got to a point where it was really toxic because um, we were all like on it all the time and just checking. I think it started as in like, oh, like we just see where we are, see when we're at church, see when we're at the shop, see when we're at this place. But then it got to a point where um, one night my like family had an emergency so I was go pick my sister up at like midnight from her boyfriend's house and I was picking her up and like driving her and then my friend calls me. She's like, hey, like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just picking my sister up, taking her home. My mom couldn't get out, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, okay. Anyway, the next day I see this friend and she's like, oh, yeah, like, I thought you were, like, doing something dodgy. So I, like, looked up all these people, like, your best mate's address in the church directory and saw that that wasn't her address and so you wouldn't have been there. And I was trying to guess all these other places that you could have been, um, but then I couldn't, so I just called you because I was in like a certain town that I'm not normally in and I was just like what the heck I think at the time I was like oh it's a bit odd but now I'm like just being tracked (laughs) like I think it's different if you're having them for genuine safety reasons like if I'm at home and Tam's going to the city and I'm picking her up later like we'll share our location for that or whatever but just to have it constantly on and being tracked all the time and then for her to literally try and find out my location was so toxic I literally don't even have words for that. That's insane. That's a pure invasion of privacy. But also, you're nice enough to share your location. She's then gone and crossed the boundary further, searching in the church directory. That's ridiculous. It was quite... I mean, that friendship already had quite a power imbalance. Like, she was very much a, like... um, Was trying to play, like, a mum-big-sister role in my life, which we had to work through later on because it wasn't healthy for either of us but um yeah like that that's probably the biggest like boundary I have now like I've recently gone and removed everyone from find my friends like not because I'm doing anything dodgy or don't want to be seen but it's just because I need that extra boundary and privacy in that sense but what about you like do you have any like specific boundaries that you place in friendships yeah I think sometimes to my detriment I've had to actually put up more boundaries because I feel like I didn't actually pour into myself I poured out a lot to other people and I think sometimes my boundary I think my new boundaries are that I need to be in friendships that are equal and 50 50 because it's actually not always beneficial to be in a friendship where I'm just helping someone else that doesn't need to be a friendship that can be an acquaintance I'm actually currently going through a little bit of a conflict in my personal life, I have, this is my own confession. I had this friend who, it was very one-sided for me. I felt that I was always a listening ear, which is fine, but I never actually gave any details about my life because there genuinely just wasn't room for it. Anyway, long story short, this girl calls me. She's obviously really upset, really hurt, but she went on for about two hours on a call absolutely 
being so defamatory, so ridiculously cruel and awful about my best friends. And obviously I need to validate that emotion because it's not come from thin air. She's genuinely feeling that way. I'm so sorry that she has felt this way, but there's just absolutely no room in my life for someone to be that cruel about other people, let alone my other friends and best friends. And so I think my boundary is very much you don't get to talk smack about my best friends. Why Why would I go to one of my best friends and talk crap about her other best friends? And so that was just one of the lines she's crossed. But then there's just so many others that have just escalated things in my personal life. And so that's something that I'm dealing with because that boundary, my wall is straight up and I'm working through how to forgive this person. But also I think it's important to note that these toxic friendships and people and the crossing of boundaries aren't just from non-Christian people. Like genuinely most of our interactions with toxic friends have been from Christian people. And so we want to remove that notion that only non-Christian people are toxic. Christian people are also human and are very, very flawed. A hundred percent. I think literally all of my, these things we're talking about, all these toxic people we're talking about have been Christians actually. So it, does really remove that stigma of like, oh my gosh, Christians, we are all perfect and we're all better than everyone. Like, no, that's not true. And it obviously sucks in that instance for you because her bashing your best friends, like number one, they hadn't done the things she was claiming they did, which yes, again, like it's very, that's valid that she's feeling that way because she, I do also believe that she was really feeling that way. But um, it's just a bad character move for her to just blatantly put down all of your friends to you and just the way that like she would speak about people was just like very not nice it's like do you really want to be friends with someone that has the ability to speak about people in that way exactly mum always says if they can say that about x y and z imagine what they're saying to you and obviously there's more to this story but I literally cannot discuss this on the podcast just privacy reasons but yeah, she's just, I don't have room for people in my life like that. And so my boundary is straight up, your vibe attracts your tribe. Like so cringy, but it's so true. And I just don't have room for drama like that in my life, which actually leads us to confession number two. Hey girls, I'd really love your advice. One of my best and closest friends has been saying awful things behind my back and spreading lies to other people in our group. For example, she said I don't care about the other girls and that's why I never turn up or think that I'm better than them because of X, Y, Z. And of course, this isn't true. And we're grown-ass women, so I expect better. I want your opinion on whether I should confront her, forgive and forget anything happened, or cut off the friendship completely. Oh my goodness. This is classic. Like, this happens all the time. It's, it's actually sad how much this has happened to me, but also to like most women I know. It happens all the time. But also, thanks for reaching out for advice. We'd love to give you our thoughts on this. I think that it's so easy to just forgive and forget, but you have to remember that you are so entitled to your boundaries. You're so entitled to your own peace and you're entitled to good friendship. And I'm sorry that you're a literally grown-ass woman and this woman is deciding to just spread cruel things about you that I'm assuming are not true but you have to stand up for yourself and I think confronting her is good but how you go about that is also very important yeah I think well like let's look at the few options she has said she doesn't know what to do so there is the confront her like Tam said you have to be super super like strategic I guess and careful with how you do this because Essentially, the point of a confrontation is to find a resolution and what you've got to think about what you want that resolution to be. Do you want to keep being friends with her? Do you want to keep being friends but have different boundaries set up? Like, or do you want to lose this friendship? You've got to kind of consider what resolution you're looking for and that will kind of deal with how your confrontation goes. Then there's also forgive and forget. It just depends on the situation. Like in this situation... I'm not sure because I'm always such a like, I'm trying to be a bit more forgiving and easygoing now. I used to be so just like, let's cut it off and I'm going to confront you and then this is it because I would be so hurt and you do need to have those boundaries in place and you do need to make sure that 
the friends in your life are valuable and important and make you feel good and you trust them and they're loyal. Um, So is there a way that you can, if this friendship is important to you, that you can keep it but just not be as close anymore? Because that's that option. But yeah, I don't know. Babes, I actually have a question for you that I've been thinking about. Do you believe in forgiving and forgetting? Mm. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. I've been really going through the motions of it because I've had a lot of things happen in friendships where they've either been broken or I've cut people off. I've never really been cut off. It kind of has more been from me. But um, there's, I think it is always to do with the circumstance. Um, like there, because I think it's so important to stand your ground and it's so important to have that self-respect where if someone has hurt you, they shouldn't be able, they need to know that that's not acceptable because, but there's also a way to be kind about it. So I don't know. I really wrestle with it. I think, I don't think forgive and forget, but I think forgive and learn. Because I've been reflecting on it a lot, just the whole phrase forgive and forget. And I actually think it's really unattainable for us. I think it's really unattainable for humans to, you can forgive someone, that's fine. But I think we struggle with the forgetting part of society because we don't want to forget. We need the justification for our feelings. We need justification for why I'm still angry. Like, oh, I've moved on because Becky did this. Like, I've forgotten about it. But then something will happen and you'll be like, yeah, Becky did that to me last summer. So we're not ever actually forgetting because we, A, want to justify our emotions, B, want to warn other people in a sense of this person's traits. And so I I think forgive and forget is a Jesus thing because Jesus literally died on the cross, forgot or forgave all of our sins and we have relationship with him. But I, I really think it's unattainable for us. So when people say, oh, I've forgiven and forgotten, I'm like, no, you haven't. But do you think that's forgive and forget not being attainable or do you think that's because we're not really forgiving? That's the other thing. I think forgiveness is so, so complicated. And I've learned that sometimes forgiveness is for you and it's not for the other person because genuinely some of the things people do to us and some of the and some of the circumstances we've been through are unforgivable. And we literally cannot forgive this person except by the strength of God because there are some people where I'm like, oh my days, like I could never ever forgive your actions, but I need to forgive them because I need my own peace in my life. Exactly. It's it's one of the hardest F words is for sure. That's why we introduced it that way. But yeah, my psychologist says the same thing to me because I've been very, very wronged by like a few people. And it's just so, like I've said before, I'm still quite a black and white person. It's hard to kind of see that gray, which I'm getting there. Like I'm working on it, but it's so, so hard. Like when forgiveness is actually just for ourselves, it makes us better. It's giving us more peace. Like they don't have to know that you forgive them. I think is important. Like you can forgive them internally with yourself, get that closure. Um, They don't need to know forgiveness. Like they it's nothing to do with them if you have no relationship with them or you don't want a relationship with them but as long as you are working so hard within yourself to forgive people because that's the right thing to do someone actually told me when you're forgiving someone it doesn't mean that you actually have to approach them or maintain that relationship with them which is what's taken me a long time to realize that yeah I've forgiven you but I don't want to have a conversation about this. I don't want to be in relationship with you and that's okay, but I need to forgive because that's what God does. It says in Colossians 3 verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I think, yep, we have to bear with one another. We have to bear in the struggles, in the ugly, in the mess, in the toxicity, but just as God forgave us we need to forgive them so that we can actually move on and go out and love other people but yet so clear about the fact that you do not need to maintain a relationship with this person completely I remember someone said to me once that um meeting up and having a chat after something huge 
um, has just happened or after someone has hurt you is such a like toxic Christian thing (laughs) because it's actually not always needed, especially like as we get older, sometimes you do just have to cross that bridge, forgive them within yourself and not speak to that person because actually going to just keep hurting you if you keep them in your life and keep like tearing at that scar, like keep hurting that wound and opening it. Um, and forgiveness will become so much harder because every time you see them, you're going to get really upset and you're just going to keep remembering what they did to hurt you. So sometimes it actually is a lot better for you to not see that person anymore, but just work on forgiving them by yourself. Yeah. I think sometimes just conflict resolution, you need to have some sort of resolve, but even in the Bible, like Jesus isn't showing that forgiveness is easy. Jesus, in order to forgive sins, literally was nailed to a cross for it. And Judas, oh my days, ultimate red flag. Biggest toxic mate ever. Like, how can you... So if people don't know, do you want to give a brief story of, like, what happened with Judas and Jesus? Yeah, so in a nutshell, Judas was one of the 12 disciples. And so the 12 disciples, if you don't know, are literally Jesus' best mates. They go around all the time. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway... Jesus is this huge controversial figure in the time. People are out for his arrest. And Judas, one of his best mates, literally identifies Jesus' whereabouts for 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver. Now, I don't know what that equates to in today's time, but it is not enough to get your best mate arrested. And anyway, so after that happens, Jesus is then arrested, he's tried, and he's executed. And so I think... In this story, what we can learn about forgiveness is, man, it's messy and it's hard and you're going to get hurt in the situation. The other person has wronged you, you're hurt, but at the end of it, forgiveness, conflict resolution leads to peace. Whether that's for you, the situation, the friendship, it will lead to peace if done the right way. Exactly. And who knows, like you might like end up reconciling with this like toxic friend that's hurt you and it could be a great learning curve for both of you and you might develop this beautiful friendship or it leads you to realize "Mm, they're a crappy mate I don't actually need that in my life I want to use that energy that I was using to try and keep up with this friend to actually invest in really healthy and good friendships for me Um, it's so so much better to have a smaller group of really good friendships that are good for you make you feel good that you are also doing the same for that person than to have a bunch of friends that just aren't that invested in you Phoebes, what if I wanted to actually have a chat with someone about some of the toxic traits that they have in our friendship how do I go about that because I care about the friendship how do I go about trying to restore that without robbing myself of my peace I think there always has to be a foundation of love and also Jesus obviously pray like prayer oh it's just the biggest weapon (laughs) in a good way like but also in spiritual war but like it is literally the biggest support that you could ever get so pray 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 for wisdom clarity peace everything going into that situation the most important tip I've learned from my psychologist is when you're in a confrontation when you're in a difficult conversation is to use the word I and not you. So, for example, let's say Tam had been... What should we give you? What toxic trait should we give you? Let's say Tam is constantly putting me down all the time in front of other people, just to me, just constantly making me feel crap. If I wanted to meet up with Tam and talk about it because I cared about our friendship and I wanted to set up those boundaries again, I would come to Tam and say, hey, let me have a little chat, and I'd be like, hey, I feel really upset and deflated when I am put down in group situations because the second you use that you word as in the second you say you make me feel like crap or you make me feel like this they're going to shut down and they're not going to listen to anything you're going to have to say and that's not just like a life tip that's a that's literally psychologically how it works in confrontation that's so hard because you would have been wronged and it's so easy and I want to do it all the time I'm like oh my gosh but you did this and you did this but if I want resolution I actually have to you know you have to be the bigger person when you want to forgive someone which is so hard and I never want to do it but that's a good tip to actually use I feel this way so that you're not putting it on them so that they listen exactly because at the end of the day like yes it's so much easier to just like ramble on and rant at people but if you actually want them to hear you you've got to say it in 
the appropriate way, which is what I've learned with this I thing. Do you have any? I would say there's different forms of communication. So at the moment, I'm really struggling with this particular friend and I actually don't think I could have a conversation with her about it because if you know me, I'm actually quite a big softie and I feel as though if I'm going to have a conversation in person, I genuinely will crumble and be like, oh, it's fine. Like, we'll just be best friends again. And she can just walk all over me. And that's like one of my flaws is that I find conflict really hard when I know that I might hurt someone or that they've hurt me. So if that conversation is not a viable option for you and you're like me and really struggle to get your words out and just make sure everything you want to say is out on the table, write a letter. That's what I actually need to do this week for this friend because I feel like I physically cannot show her grace if I'm having a conversation. I feel like I'll get lost in my own emotions and it won't come out right and then I feel like I won't be heard because I'm not saying everything I want to. So still using those practices of I feel this way, I'm feeling this, yada, yada, yada. But I'm going to be putting it in a letter because it's just a little bit easier for me. And then I feel like I've said everything I need to say and they can come at me with the response. But my response to that will be, I've said everything I need to say in the letter. I'm just listening to you now. Definitely. And that's so hard. Like it's so... Like you were saying before, it's so hard to be the bigger person and to actually like put effort into um, creating the right response to not hurt someone else after someone has wronged you so many times. But that's at the end of the day what being a Christian is all about, but also what being a good person is all about. We aren't from the world. We can't be twisted by the world. We're meant to be set apart. We're meant to be different. So... It's super, super hard, but it is also possible and it's also worth it. Like you're going to look back in a few years and be like, oh, thank goodness I handled that with grace and correctly because, yeah, it's very easy to let emotions take over. What about for our listeners who actually aren't Christian? Because the idea of Jesus forgiving them is a foreign concept and it might not relate to them as such. So What would we say to someone who isn't a follower of Jesus, they've got a toxic friend, they've been wronged, how did they go about it? Well, everyone's entitled to and deserves a good circle of good friends. You're all deserving of um, people that fill you up and build you up and make you feel good when you hang out with them. Obviously, no friendships are perfect and everyone has their ups and downs, so they're not going to be perfect all the time, but you're deserving of healthy friendship and you're worthy of that. Um, and so if there's people that you're surrounding yourself with that make you feel crap, um, you're allowed to put those boundaries up and you're allowed to, um, stop friendships in your life and remove those people. It's very difficult and it doesn't feel great, but also forgiveness is not obviously just for Christians. It is for yourself and for your own peace you don't want to be walking around with conflict on your heart um weighing on you all the time or like getting anxious whenever you have to see this person at a party or an event or whatever you see them at it just makes your life so much easier for sure and I'm also just thinking now we used to be very good at just cutting people off And hate to break it to all of you, that's a toxic trait too. Because obviously there are some friendships you just need to cut off because it's not healthy, like it's physically not healthy for you. But cutting people off to protect yourself because you don't want to deal with the conflict and you don't want to have the yucky, messy feelings conversation, that's not good either because, you know, God made us relational beings. And whether or not you believe in God, you have to know that we're made to be in relationships with other people. And I think for us, it was very easy just to cut people off. And I still do it. I'm like, oh, you don't have the same vibe as me. You don't have the same values. I'll cut you off because I don't want to have that conversation with you because it makes my life easier just to leave you out of the picture. Exactly. Like I have a friend at the moment who I wouldn't call her a toxic friend, but like has a couple toxic traits. And I was just not feeling good around them in certain settings, like we're in groups of people. Um, but instead of cutting that friendship off because I didn't feel good in those situations, I am now just putting boundaries up with being like, okay, I'm just not going to hang out with this person in those certain group settings. I'm going to get coffee with them one-on-one 
and I'm going to invest in that friendship one-on-one because I do love this person a lot and I do value that friendship. But just because one wrong thing happens doesn't mean I have to cut that person off. And I think also having the realization and maybe it's a pride thing is we very much think that we're above other people. So when they have toxic traits, it's so easy just to tear them down. And I actually struggled with this a lot with people in the church, which I'm going to add it. There are lots of toxic people in the church. There are lots of toxic traits and friendships and groups in the church. And I really struggled with, I really struggled with reconciling the fact that these people are also on the platform, but Hey, like you really hurt my best mate. How do I reconcile with that? How do we think we go about that? Oh, that's something I'm still struggling with. I feel like I can't even like preach on that. Like I have been very hurt by the church in regards to um, people in the church, the congregation. So I don't know. That's I'm not going to preach where I can't, where, hang on. So yeah, I'm not going to preach from something that I'm still going through because I can't, like I really, really struggle with that. And I don't know, that's something that I need to learn. Forgiveness, again, I haven't gotten through in that area. I get very angry when I see people that have hurt me. Like, obviously, at the end of the day, it's a head and heart thing. I know that we're all sinful. I know none of us are perfect. And who says that I haven't hurt people and why should I be, like, I don't know, mentoring someone at work? Like, do you know what I mean? So it's, I don't know, it's something I'm still struggling with and I don't think I can really speak on it, to be honest. My approach on it is, yeah, obviously I've experienced it firsthand of seeing these people hurt other people. But, yeah, it is removing that kind of thought that I'm better than them and that I don't possess these toxic traits. And I know a lot of people, whether or not they're a leader or they're just a normal Christian, like there is a different light on them and a very high expectation, which I genuinely believe that there should be because you're supposed to be different, like you said. But I also think that sometimes I have to remove the fact that they are meant to be perfect and just realize we're not all perfect. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be confronting your Christian friends about the stuff that they're doing. And if this is a anything to you, like we're encouraging you to actually have those conversations with people because at the end of the day, we're all people. And if you care enough about someone, you care enough about a friendship, you're going to bring it up because at the end of the day, if they're displaying that toxic trait to you, nine times out of 10, Everyone else in their life feels that too. So you're actually being a great mate and helping them out by having that conversation. Good friendships have good communication. And as we said last week, a lot of friendship breakdowns happen from miscommunication or lack of communication. But Tam, what happens when, um, like, let's say I've had a conflict or falling out with a friend and I'm really ready to have this conversation. I've acknowledged I've done a wrong thing and I want to get to forgiveness and resolution. But that friend has zero interest in um, resolving anything or seeing me like what do we do in that situation? That's really, really hard. And you know what? Probably happens so much in friendship breakdowns. I think, honestly, as crappy as this sounds, it gets to a point where if you've prayed about it, you've attempted resolution, you are writing letters, you're having meetups, you're doing everything in your power to save this friendship and you are trying to forgive them and they aren't giving anything back. There's just nothing you can do. And that, I think that's the most heartbreaking part of forgiveness is sometimes you can forgive someone, but it doesn't mean it's going to be reciprocated. It's so hard, especially when your heart is so ready for it and desires that relationship so much, especially, you know, this could be a friendship that went on for years. It could have just been like a short term friendship. But yeah, like at the end of the day, we have limits um, and we're not going to be able to to resolve everything like we always say we have zero control over other people um and how other people react um but if you're doing this like clearly it shows you're in a much better place and you're in a good place and that's incredible to acknowledge that because forgiveness is so hard um but yeah it is really it's really hard to sit with but I think acknowledging that you have done everything in your power um And if that relationship is really important to you and you do eventually want it, prayer, like I'm going to keep saying it, prayer is the most powerful tool um, that we've been blessed with. 
Um, and hopefully if it's meant to be, like God will take care of it. Yeah, and you might have already done this if you're in this situation, but I'm just thinking if Phoebes and I were in this situation and I am ready to forgive her, I hope we're never in this situation, but I'm ready to forgive her and she's just not in that place, I think it genuinely what can help is me just saying to Phoebes in whichever way I choose to communicate this is, hey, like I forgive you for everything that has happened and I love you, but I really need to know what you need from me for us to resolve this because then the onus is on them because it's all good and well to forgive someone but unless you clearly communicate that and you ask them hey like I want to restore this friendship how do I help you get to that resolution I think that can be really powerful and help that person feel very much seen and I think making sure that we're constantly being self-reflective is so important because I know so many people that um, just constantly play the victim or just constantly assume that everybody in the world's against them and they have done nothing wrong. But just making sure that you acknowledge where you've gone wrong because clearly if this person doesn't want to talk to you, something has hurt them. And so just making sure that um, you are apologizing for and also dealing with you hurting them and being aware of that is super important um, because if someone feels like they're not being heard or seen um, – or that you have no clue that you've hurt them. That sucks. And so it's going to just push them away even more. I also think another thing that we haven't quite touched on is forgiveness for yourself. There is always two people in a situation. And honestly, sometimes it genuinely really isn't your fault. But I know for me, there have been times where I've actually just stuffed up and I've done the wrong thing. And it's really hard to forgive yourself and sometimes I just don't because I'm like I don't need to forgive myself I actually didn't do anything wrong but that's a little bit toxic Tam and so I think there needs to be some forgiveness and grace for yourself in the situation as well but you need to again communicate with the person that hey like I stuffed up too and I'm working through that as well definitely and it's so hard like we a lot of the time are our own worst critic and so it's very very difficult like in the story I told last week about when I got with my friend's ex-boyfriend um it literally I didn't talk to her about it for two weeks because it was and it was eating me alive I've never felt so guilty and shameful my entire life not even for like being with this guy again for my own self-respect but for for doing something that I knew was going to hurt this girl um and so in I ended up meeting up with her and telling her and even after I told her like I had so much shame and guilt for a long time after but shame and guilt aren't actually feelings from God like they often happen because we've um you know morally done the wrong thing we've done something to hurt someone and they're common human emotions but God his biggest thing is forgiveness I mean look at what he did he sent his son literally on the cross the most horrific death possible um so that we are forgiven of all the crap we do like he's such a god of forgiveness and grace um so don't ever feel shameful for like it's it's understandable why we do but don't ever feel too ashamed to bring it to god because he is the most understanding of it out of anyone yeah and even on the other end of that if you've been wronged like god is a god of understanding because he sent his son to be human And so Jesus gets it. Jesus gets the betrayal and the toxic friends and the red flags in friends and the disappointment and the conflict. But he also understands more than anyone how hard and literally painful for Jesus it was to forgive people. And so I think there's a lot of comfort in that, in understanding that, you know, like I know the end result of forgiveness, but Jesus knows the hardship of forgiveness. So kind of wrapping up on our mini series on friendship, which we hope you guys have really enjoyed. We've loved making it. It's obviously also been confronting for us and a lot of self-reflection. We just really hope this series has helped you realize um, that you're worthy of good and healthy friendships and what you want your friendship circles to look like. Obviously, Tam and I are very much about intentional, healthy um, 
friendships, but you might hear this and still be like, no, I'm good with my like 40, like close-ish mates that we don't really know each other. And that's fine if that's what you want. Um, This is obviously all just our opinions and what we've learned throughout the way. But also we really hope that um, it's given you guys a chance to reflect on your friendships in your life um, and reflect on the kind of friend you are to people. um, And also just having a think about how Jesus is actually such a friend to us and a friend to all. So like always, we are going to give you guys a challenge at the end of the week and just reflecting on the challenges that we've done. So in the first week, we asked you to encourage your friends because we love and appreciate our good friendships. In the second week, we asked you to actually write a list of what makes a good friend and what makes you a good friend. This week, we are going to encourage you to write a letter. So if you're currently experiencing a conflict in your life, or a couple of friends or someone you know has resonated with the toxic traits that we've spoken about, we'd love you to write them a letter. Literally get all of your feelings out on a page. Now, you do not have to give this to the person. This letter can simply be for your benefit. And if it is, genuinely go ham with the pen. Like write everything you're feeling and just keep that letter and just put it in your drawer and you've, you've gotten something off your chest. Or if you really think it'll help the situation, give them the letter. In that case, use the tips that Phoebus gave you and very much start with I feel this, I feel this way and have a conversation with that person. So we'd love you to spend some thoughtful and prayerful time in this and we really think that this is the perfect way to wrap up a series so that you appreciate your good friends, you understand how to have tough conversations and you are just restoring friendships. Absolutely. It's such a good opportunity to spend some thoughtful and um, prayerful time just with yourself, but also if you want to include God in that, he'd love to be there with you. Um, but yeah, just um, it's re- it's a really good activity. I do it a lot. Um, and so we're really excited and we hope you guys enjoy it. As always, we're so thankful and appreciative and overwhelmed by all of your love and grace on all of our episodes. We love hearing your input. And we can't wait for more episodes to come. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to our friendship series, but also episode four of Love on the Line. See you next week.